sometimes God has a way of interrupting our plans and changing our agenda to do what he wants to do. And uh, I want us as Christians to embrace that. So take your Bibles, and I hope you are focusing in on what we're doing right now. A lot of times we can be at home, we can get so distracted. Uh, This is a time to turn off the TV and just focus on Facebook, uh, focus on the online streaming that we're doing right now, focus on your Bible, follow along with your Bible, uh, turn off distractions, anything around us, and uh, it's, it's sometimes... We will uh, engage in things and uh, be multitasking. This is not the time to do that. And uh, for most of us, this whole week looks different. It's, it's, it's like nothing we'd ever planned uh, that was going to happen right now. Vacations are plan- uh, uh, canceled. Trips, cruises, flights. Uh, I, I thought one of the craziest things that happened is uh, the fact that Disney World has shut the doors. They, they only close usually for one day at a time to clean up for a uh, hurricane, but they're, they're closed for the first time like this in all of history. Schools are out. Parents are asking, what am I going to do with my kids? Some of you are working from home right now. Our entire world has been put on pause in so many ways. Our, our world has been uh, suddenly interrupted, and uh, this has been a worldwide interruption. Uh, everyone has an opinion about what's going on, but even our opinions do not change the fact that these things are going on. We have to step back and acknowledge this as Christians. Uh, before I get into Acts chapter 16, so take your Bibles to Acts chapter 16. Before we get into that, I, I want to just make some statements that will be applied to this entire message. Uh, actually, into our entire lives. Number one, God is always good. God is always good. It's not just that he does good or, or that he uh, has good that he has through his things that he does. The Bible says, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. God is good. And so right now we have to understand that God hasn't suddenly changed his character or nature. God is good, and God is always good. It's who he is. We also know that all things work together for good. We have to keep that in mind as we go through this. God is always with us. Number two, God is always with us. He said in Hebrews 13, 5, For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may say boldly, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. You know, we, we can walk out of a normal service and say something like, Wow, God was with us today. Let me tell you, even where we're at right now in our world, God is still with us, even though things don't make sense or don't, things don't add up. He made us a promise in the middle of this that he would never leave us. And the other thing is God is always in control. God is always in control. God cannot lose control. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he is the governor among the nation. Our God rules, and our God is in control, which means that God always has a plan. Things might seem crazy in our world right now, but let me tell you that God very much so is in control. We serve a big God. He said in Acts 7.49 that heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. It may not look like it right now, and it might not feel like it right now, but let me emphasize, we don't go by feelings. We go by the facts of the Word of God during a time like this. Last year, my family planned a big vacation. It was uh, far different than we'd ever done before. We'd always gone to Florida. We've done different things of traveling the country. I look forward to vacation. And by getting the advice from some people, they said, have you ever done a cruise? And I was like, no, I've never done a cruise. I don't know if that even even be my thing. I don't know if I could get into that. So I wasn't really excited about doing a cruise. And I know a lot of you guys have done cruises. You've even spoken to that. So we did it. We booked our first cruise. It was a five-night cruise going to Bermuda. 
And uh, we, I remember packing up. We packed so different because we were going to be in the tight quarters and everything. And so we were, we were pumped to do this. We're driving to New York. We were going to be uh, going out of New York, that port there. And on our way there, Jenny and my phones both went off at the same time. We got this alert message, text message. And it came across our phones and it says, your cruise, part of your cruise has been canceled. And we were like, what in the world? This has to be a mistake. Uh, Something happened on the cruise. They had to divert it uh, that was coming in to pick us up. Two days of our cruise was canceled. And we were like, no way. This is Almost half of our cruise was going to be canceled. Our whole port that we were going to be in or our whole time that we were going to be in Bermuda was going to be uh, cut off. Uh, It was so frustrating because I had it all planned out. We saved for this. We planned for this. I was mad. I was frustrated. And I'll be honest with you. I was not at that moment sitting there saying, God is good and God is in control. I wasn't. And I know we can preach that. And I know that it's easy for Christians to say But have you ever noticed when our plans get interrupted that was sometimes that whole idea that God is good and God is faithful and God is in control gets thrown out the window? And all we do is we get in the flesh and we get mad, we get aggravated, we get get frustrated. I preach this all the time that God makes no mistakes, but why wasn't I thinking it then? Because it went against what I had planned. You know, it's amazing we can have the right attitude until interruptions get in the way of my plans. Because unexpected interruptions go against my spirit because we hate disappointment. I started asking Jenny, what are we going to do for two days? So things got worse. We're we're there and we found out that all the hotels were booked because everybody, you know, 5,000 people were going to be going out of that that port. And so everybody was uh, booking hotels. We couldn't get a, we had to drive two hours or an hour and a half into New Jersey to find a hotel. So we're sitting in the hotel, we're trying to figure out what to do, we're going through our phones and things like that, and all of a sudden we realize that Six Flags was right there in New Jersey. And I said, hey, I wonder what Six Flags has. Looked it up, they had one of the world's largest roller coasters. Now me and Morgan love big roller coasters. Logan and uh, Jordan, they're chickens, so they don't get into that thing, but me and Morgan, we were excited about that, and uh, it was called King Deca. It was the world's tallest roller coaster. So here in this interruption, God moved us, because remember, God's in control of all things. He moved me from my plan to doing something different. In the middle of doing something different, God had something really good for us. We were able to look back at that and say, that moment, that interruption ended up being part of the coolest part of our vacation. But I would have never chose it. I would have never planned it. I would have never done it. You're sitting there saying, are you comparing your vacation and, you know, Disney World and a roller coaster to this? No, I'm comparing God is in control of everything. Not just this, everything. And if we believe that all things work together for good, then all things work together for good to them that love God. It's one of the most fun days of our vacations. Interruptions are not always a bad thing. Now let's talk about that in light of what we're going through right now. Do we have the right attitude right now as Christians for what's going on in our world right now or what's going on in our city right now? Are we viewing this the right way? Because I tell you, sometimes when we look at Facebook and we see how we're reacting, I could say that we're not viewing it the right way. I think a lot of us are like I was when we got the news about our cruise. We're not looking for the good. We're not looking for God. We're just mad and frustrated In Acts chapter 16, here Paul and Silas are on their second missionary journey. 
They were traveling, preaching, seeing God at work, and things were good. Look at Acts 16, verse 5. And so the churches were established in the faith and increased in number daily. Now, I'm going to tell you that's pretty good. And I think about with us right now, we're sitting there going, man, things are really good. Man, I've got plans. I'm standing on an Easter stage right now of all these plans. I've got plans. I know what I want to do. My phone is filled with my agenda of what I want to do, what I'm saying, God, I've got good things going on. Lord, if you can help me make these things happen. But then God did something. Now, when they, they were in this spot, and in, Galatia, in Acts chapter 16, they were traveling, and it says, and they were going through the region of Galatia, and they were forbidden, forbidden of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, to preach the word in Asia. You think about what God did is they're traveling through it, and, and the Holy Spirit literally stands there. If we could see with spiritual eyes in this, as they're going through their plans and their agendas and following their agendas on their phone and on their calendars, the Holy Spirit literally stops in and says, stop, you're not doing this. Now, obviously, it wasn't a newscast. It wasn't a government uh, decree or anything being put out like that. It was the Holy Spirit. See, sometimes God moves things around and we can't see it. And it is God and we don't understand what God is doing. In this passage, we understand that they were forbidden. And, and, uh, they, were, they, were, they were suffered. The Bible says that the, the Spirit suffered them not to do what they were going to do, to go to Bithynia. The Spirit of God said no. God was redirecting them. God was closing a door. God was opening a new door. God said, I have a plan and I'm going to bring you somewhere else. I'm going to do something different. God said no, because God's in control. In verse 9, and, the, and a vision appeared unto Paul that night. And there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed, saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. Help us. The Spirit of God was leading them to help people. And after they had seen the vision, immediately they endeavored to go into Macedonia and surely gathered that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel unto them. God had a plan in all this. They were exactly where God wanted them to be because this is what God does. Here, weeks ago, God already had planned. God already knew what he was going to do. God goes before us. God works it out. God sets the stage. God knows what he's doing. We have to be willing to follow God. We have to be believers in God that even when it goes against our plans and our agenda, that God is at work even when it doesn't make sense to us. God redirects them there. So let's just learn from this. Number one, the source of our interruptions. Let me ask, who brought them to Philippi? You need to ask and understand if God's in control, I'm going to just ask you who brought them to Philippi. Now, there's some aspects of this story that we can see that we're going to learn in a minute. You know, it was just because of the world around them and sin and the curse of the world. But in the middle of that, of what God's doing with his saints, God was directing them. God did it because God's good, God's with us, and God's in control. Look at verse 13. Let's set up this story. And on the Sabbath day, on the Sabbath, they went out of the city by a riverside and where prayer uh, was wont to be made. And they sat down and spake unto the woman uh, that resorted thither. And there's a certain woman named Lydia, seller of purple, and uh, Thyatira, which, which worshiped God and heard us, whose heart the Lord opened. And she attended unto these things which were spoken to Paul. And when she was baptized, her household and besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful of the Lord, come into my house and abide there. 
she constrained us. So right now, things are good. It's like, all right, this, God's redirecting us. Man, isn't it amazing how we have faith when God is doing good? When things are good and everything's laid out, they're, they're probably, you know, Paul and Silas would be like us sitting there going, man, I told you, man, God's working this all out. This is pretty cool. No wonder God led us here. God had something great planned for this. We got a place to stay. We got some meals. Man, God is awesome. Verse 16, it came to pass. As went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met them and brought her masters much gain of sleuth saying. And then they brought out this demon-possessed girl and things seemed to be going well. And this, this man was making money off this girl and they cast out this demon. Caused an uproar. And the multitude rose up to get together against them and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. They had laid many stripes on them, and they cast them in the prison and charged the jailer to keep them safely. Things changed suddenly. Sometimes God is behind things changing suddenly. Sometimes God is at work when it doesn't make sense to us. You know what? There's a reason that God tells us, be not wise in your own eyes. There's a reason that we can't go by our feelings. When God is moving and God is doing things, and even when we step back, and I would say, and what's going on right now, I don't like this. Right now, I don't like preaching to an empty uh, sanctuary. I, I don't like the fact that my plans for man up were changed last night. I don't, I don't like the fa- fact that I have to meet with people to figure out what we're going to do. This is uncomfortable. I don't like this. But God was working. I guarantee they didn't set on a plane and say, hey, let's see if we can't get thrown in prison and beat today. Let me ask you the question again. Who brought them here? Let me remind you, it wasn't their plan. And we're just like them. And probably in our minds, we're thinking, God, this isn't working out, right? Man, God, I had had a lot of good plans. I, I had things on my calendar. Have you ever thought that maybe our interruptions are on purpose? That God has to get you off of your plans in order to do his plans. And sometimes we are so stuck in our plans that we can't even see his plans. Remember, God, God's ways are not your ways. God is emphasizing that your thoughts are not my thoughts. So maybe whatever is going through your mind right now is not God's thoughts. Maybe God has to slow us down. Maybe God has to put us in a spot where we're stuck to where we can look up and say, all right, God, my whole agenda for this week was all me. And maybe I need to stop and see what you want through this. God was working in mysterious ways in this because everything that was happening did not make sense. Did not make sense. And remember this. In order for God to do mysterious things or God work in mysterious ways, it means that they have to be things that don't make sense to us. If, if, if they added up and they made sense to you, then it wouldn't be mysterious. It would, it would be our ways. It would be our understanding. But faith is stepping out in things that don't make sense to us. It doesn't add up to us. Maybe, maybe God is doing something that you would never do without him interrupting your plans. Look at verse 24. Who having received such a charge thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. It brings us to the next point, the purpose of interruptions. Because I promise you, they would not volunteer for this. And just being transparent and honest, 
with what's going on for the fact that I'm preaching in front of a camera, I would not volunteer for this. I would not ask for this whatsoever. I would not. No way. In my mind, this is not helping. In my mind, I don't need to be here. I don't need to be doing it this way right now. See, the thing is, God will change our plans for his plans. That's what we're learning. This whole situation has rocked my world. It has changed everything that I've done. In verse 24, notice how it says that they thrust him into the inner prison. They, 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 they didn't get a choice. It wasn't volunteer. Right now, a lot of us are being thrust in the situations. Your kids are being made to stay home. You didn't get a say in it. You're having to take off work. You didn't get a say in it. You can't go to certain places. Things are being canceled. Vacations are being planned, canceled. You didn't get a say in it. Things are happening without you being able to make control over it. We say, God, this is not a good time. God never makes moves without a reason. And God always has a plan. I, I've wondered this. I wonder if sometimes the biggest obstacles that get in the way of God's plans is us. We sit there and say, Man, God, do something. I've been preaching that. I've been asking God for that. God, do something. God, do something that we're not even expecting. Work in ways that I would never ask for. Lord, do something. And then God does that. You know what our response is? What in the world? Man, holy cow. And God's saying, well, well, hold down. Back up. Maybe, maybe you have to surrender what you're doing for what he wants to do. Jesus was in the garden and he was praying and he said, not my will, but thine be done. But you know why? Because he was about to go into something that was really uncomfortable. It's human nature to go into things that are uncomfortable. It's human nature for a pastor not want to speak to a camera. And I'd rather be in a room full of people. It's human nature to do that. Jesus is praying, not my will, but thine be done. Then I think of Peter. As Jesus said and stood up and said, I must, this must happen. I've surrendered to it. You know what Peter did? Peter jumped out with the sword and said, I'll stop it from happening. I'll make sure this doesn't happen. I'll shut this down. Have you ever thought maybe in some situations we're more like Peter than we are like Jesus? As Jesus is leading us to do something, he says, I must be about my father's business. And we jump out in front of him and say, I'll stop it. I know what's going on. I'll figure this out. I'll make this happen. Canceling church is something that I had to take my hands off and say, God, what, what, are you, what are you doing? Because not my will, but thine be done. Because I, want, I started off as a Peter. No, I'll just figure out how to make it happen. Why are we like that? We can be slow, so slow to catch on to the point of what God wants to do. You know, I'd imagine Paul and Silas at some point stood back and said, God, do, do you have us here for a reason? Because in verse 25 and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. They weren't posting complaints. They weren't shaking their fist at the government. They weren't upset about what things were doing. They put their attention towards God. Probably a prayer of God, we would have never chosen this, but you did. And God, we don't get this, but we trust you. And this got to me. It says, they thrust them, in verse 24, into the inner prison and made their feet fasten the stocks. Let me tell you something about us Christians. Sometimes we don't know when to stop. Let me say something about our pastors. Sometimes we don't know when to stop. All I know is go, 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 do, do, do. Get, get out my calendar and, 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 and make it happen and, and arrive and all this. And sometimes 
when God's in control and God allows certain circumstances to happen, we find ourselves just stuck. And God says, what are you going to do now? You can't do what you wanted to do. What are you going to do now? Man, it's uncomfortable. I don't know when to stop. I struggle knowing when to slow down. In that moment, they prayed. And they got off their agendas and they looked up. Maybe for Americans that God has to completely stop us before we'll ever listen to what he wants to tell us. Have you ever thought that maybe God is at work because he knows that he literally has to, to shut us down and to stop us in our spots before we'll ever do anything different outside of our traditions. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises to God. What is coming out of their mouth? They're stuck. They're in the middle of an atmosphere that everyone around them was stuck it wasn't their plan. It wasn't their desire. I'm sure they were frustrated. I'm sure they're thinking if we were outside, we could be doing this and it would be so much better. And at some point, they decided through their prayers just to sing praises to God. And you think about, and I'll ask you this, what's coming out of our mouths right now as we're stuck? Is it praise? So that brings us to the third thing. It's our attitudes during interruptions. See, wait a minute. This is their attitude, and they're not sitting in church. They went from verse 5 of the Word of God increased in these churches they were doing, and then they went to this shoreline, and they were baptizing. And now all of a sudden, they're in a total opposite spot that they would ever want to be in their life. I thought about this. God's shaking things up. Where are you sitting right now? It's not where you thought you would sit. It's not where you plan to be. Some of you might be waiting to see a, a, a doctor. You're sitting in the emergency room and you're on your phone right now. Some of you might be home. So, some of you might be waiting to go into work. Some of you is just trying to figure out how you're going to buy toilet paper or, or, or figure out what you're going to do tomorrow with the kids. Maybe this entire situation is to break up our traditions. To be reminded that God is not restricted by a building. And that the church does not have to cease just because we had an interruption. In Acts chapter 2, they went house to house meeting. Maybe our kids need to see a different view of God in church. Maybe the only time that we see and talk about God in church is when we're in this building. And God shut that down for you to be where you're at right now. For God to say, hey, I can talk to you anywhere. I'm a big God. I'm in control. I'm leading. I'm moving. I'm moving. Maybe this whole thing is a giant object lesson to tell us that we can worship God and be with God anywhere. I, I know we can't be together to accomplish the purpose of the church of edifying and bearing each other's burdens, but have you ever thought that we don't need to be in this building, that burdens are being escalated right now and fear and problems are being escalated, but you don't have to be in this building to bear burdens? It's nothing magical. God didn't die for a building. He died for people, and he loves your neighbor, and maybe he had to put you in your house right now so you would look out your window to see your neighbor instead of looking in this church to see a pulpit. We're thinking about what we can't do right now. But what can you do right now? 
Paul and Silas had church together. They encouraged each other right there in that spot. Have you ever thought about this? When's the last time you all sat on your couches with your family, having your Bibles in your lap? Have you ever thought that in the midst of this, God said, I know what I want to do. I want to see a dad and a mom and the kids sitting in the living room with their Bibles on their lap. If you look around in your living room right now, maybe it's the first time your kids have seen this in a long time. You say, wow, I, I meant to do this, or we plan to do this, or we talk about do this, and God said, you want it. I had to interrupt everything you do. I had to slow down your tradition in order for you to do something different. Maybe we'll have some new traditions in our home of meeting and praying and loving and reading together because of God's interruption. Maybe it's time just to stop right now and praise Him. We are not singing and praising God from choir lofts and pews, but we're doing it from cars and, and, and living rooms. Let's have an attitude check right now with all of us Instead of complaining about the decisions that are being made by our government and leaders, let's pray for them. You know, Facebook right now should be flooded with hope and verses and, and, and praise, not just complaining about the lack of toilet paper or the chaos going on in Walmart. Why does this matter? You see, in verse 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. But it doesn't stop there. And the prisoners heard them. I'm going to ask you guys as Christians right now, with the whole world being stuck like we are, who's watching you right now? You say, I'm in my house. No, I'm saying when you scroll and you post on Facebook, when, when you go out into stores, the attitudes that come out when we go to work tomorrow and you, we're complaining about everything, what's coming out of us? See, our city is watching us as a church. Our neighbors are watching us. Our friends are watching us, and they're stuck just like we are. And they're watching how Christians respond when pressure is put on them. They're watching to see if we care more about our traditions of meeting than we do about the health of people. When we talk about the sanctity of life and we talk about how every life matters. And we'll go out of our way to fight against abortion because we stand for the sanctity of life. And then they come out and say, we have a plan that could save lives. And we just sit there and say, well, you're just being dumb and over, overboard on what you're doing. How can we say that when we're so passionate about life being valuable? Be careful. I want my attitude to be right. I, I want our government leaders to know that we are backing them as they fight for what is right. Because life is something that I am for. I want them to know that we're going to be part of the answer, not part of the problem. I want to show respect. I want my kids to watch me show respect to people. Because you know why? How in the world can we not respect them during this time when we tell our kids to go down the road and respect the speed limits, and then they come out and give us things to do to protect people, and we disregard those things? We could be the biggest hypocrites during this time. Be careful. The Bible tells us in Timothy... First Timothy chapter 2, to pray for those that have authority, to respect them, to love them, to show God's grace and truth to them. The book of Proverbs instructs us to listen and follow after wisdom, to respect leaders. Our attitude also affects our testimony. I thought about during this time how we love to go out and have the campaigns. We just have all those red shirts that say, I love my city. Do we? 
Do we just love them when it's a theme of the church or do we love them when everybody's in chaos? Because right now is the time to wear the shirt and give up things to help people and to say, I can't go to church right now, but I can knock on your door and run errands for you. I can go out of my way to help you. I can help you with your kids. That's love. Love isn't just the fact that you wear a t-shirt that says it and you show up to church. Love is when we go out of our way to sacrifice of ourselves to meet people where they're at. See, there are hurt and scared people right now. And you say, I'm not afraid. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear. Praise God for that. He hasn't. But the person next to you in the prison cell of Paul and Silas, next to them they were, maybe they need to hear your response in all of this. Paul and Silas got caught or caught the attention of hurting people. I think maybe we can preach our loudest messages when we're placed in the hardest situations. Because you have no idea who's watching you right now. Verse 26, And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loose. And the keeper of the prison Waking out of his sleep, seeing the prison doors, he drew out his sword and had killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had fled. You think about what's happening. Literally, this guy wakes up in the middle of chaos. Chaos. Everything is falling apart. His job, his reputation, his life in that moment fell apart. Chaos broke out. You see, brings us to our fourth point. God's purpose for interruptions. Here they are, standing in front of a broken man, a sword literally to his throat, ready to take his life because he doesn't know what to do in chaos. Have you ever thought that all of this, that God shaking things up in the midst of this hurt, that God was at work in the middle of the chaos? God works in the middle of chaos through his people. See, the interruption was a setup by God. God knew this man needed God. And sometimes everything that's happening right now is a setup. Maybe, maybe for what God did of not allowing us to meet in church today was a setup for something else. And if we sit there and say, well, I don't know, and I'm so mad, and this isn't right, and they're not doing right, whatever, you stop and look around and see the hurting people that are right in front of you. And God says, do you not see them? Because Paul and Silas could have ran out of there and said, you know what, I'm going back to work. Thank God he let me free. God says, no, I didn't bring you to this interruption for you. Christians can make this all about us. It's not about you. See, the other thing is interruptions was an opportunity from God. Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do thyself no harm for we are all here. This is a prisoner saying this. You know, you'd sit there and say, normally if a prisoner stood up and, and said, don't do anything, you'd be like, I'm not believing you. Have you ever thought that the entire time that they were praying and singing to God and praising God during all that, all those hurt people around sitting there going, I can't believe they're still praising God in the middle of this. I can't believe the attitude's coming out with them. Because to be honest, a lot of times when things are not going good, our attitude stinks. Maybe our attitudes are stinking right now. And then you're going to show your negative attitude all over and then think they're going to turn to us and believe us. No, you see, us having the right attitude and us having the right perspective of this sets us up for people to look to us for hope. You know why? Because they've already seen it in you. 
Are they seeing it in you? Right now, they need to see it in you before you could sit there and say, you know, here's Jesus. Maybe they need to see the right attitude where they say, here's Jesus first in how I live and how I act. They believed him. Then he called for a light and it sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas, trembling, not believing his eyes, in utter shock of what's going on. Think about that for a minute. They were in utter shock, utter shock. He he was like, wait a minute. Why did you not leave? Why are you responding this way? Why would you do this? Nobody would ever do this. You know what should be coming out of Christians right now? We should be shocking the world that we're acting in the right way. We, we, we should be going out of our way. You know why we're doing a food drive right now? Because we're going to go out of our way instead of sitting there saying, well, we can't meet as a church. No, what can we do as a church? We're going to help people. We want people to drive up and say, why are you doing this? We're going to give what we have because we love you. They see everybody around them acting the same way. Christians should be like that light. You know what light is? It comes into the room and it looks totally different than everything else. When Christians show up at work, it should be like a light springing into the room. When we show up at school and and helping and, and doing these different things, it should look different. You know why we're acting this way and we're taking the right perspective on this? Because I want us to look different. I want it to be noticeable. I want it to be hope in the middle of this. And our attitudes can be, I believe this is all a hoax and this is a political stunt and the flu is worse than this and all these other things. You know what I want to lift up than that? Not my opinion, but Jesus. And sit there and say all this. I, I, I don't have a degree in, 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 in medicine. I don't know. And everybody's saying, well, what do you think? I have no opinion. So I trust those that God has put into our, in our world that does know more than we. And we follow after wisdom because I don't know. And I tell you this, I'm not going to throw my opinion out there and make mistakes that are going to hurt people. I'm going to follow wisdom and trust those that God has put in our world that does have wisdom. And he brought them out and said, sirs, What must I do to be saved? Do you know what? Let me put it like this. Hey guys, I've I've heard about you and I knew you guys were in town. Do you notice that when he was thrown in the inner prison, that that jailer didn't go up and say, Hey, you guys are those preachers. I'd like to I'd like to get saved and have what you guys have. That that I'd like that. That's not what happened. It wasn't until the world, the jailer, The prisoners saw two Christians go through the chaos that they saw the real deal and responded to what they had and what they lived, not just what they preached in the street. Right now we're preaching a message and people are going to respond and say, I want what you have. I don't don't fully get it, but I want what you have. It gets better. You say, Man, why? what could happen through all this chaos and through this interruption and everything falling apart? What could happen from this? Well, haven't we been praying, God, work, God, show up, God, do this? You're saying, well, there goes all our plans. No, God says, wait a minute. I moved you. I, I, I shook everything up. I relocated you. I, I, I shredded your calendar. I shredded your to-do list. And God says, just because I did that doesn't mean I'm done. It just means I'm going to do my work instead of your work. And it says in the rest of that verse, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And they took them the same hour and night and washed their stripes and was baptized. He and straightway, and he and all his and straightway, 
And when they had brought them into his house, he sat meat before them and rejoiced, believing God with all of his house. You say, what is happening? Revival. You don't know, if you don't believe that, just go to the book of Philippi because this situation right here is what started all the church in the whole church explosion that happened in the book of Philippi. It was all right here. You know how all that happened from an interruption of their plans? When things went completely different than what they planned. When they trusted in God and they had the right attitude and it didn't make sense and it didn't add up and God said, I am at work. Is this about you? Is it about Fellowship Baptist Church? Is it about your plans or God's plans? Because maybe we need to surrender to the interruption that God's doing. I'm not embracing the sickness. I'm embracing the God that's bigger than the sickness. I'm not running in fear. But I don't want to embrace the opportunity to stand up and spring in with the light of saying, man, there is hope. And you know what you have to do? And here's the thing. You have to go and be placed in the middle of where people are stuck Not necessarily in the church building, but God has to move you out of the church building because people that are stuck are not just in here, they're out there. I ask the question again. Who interrupted their Bible study? Who who changed their evangelism plans? Who shredded their calendars? Who brought them to this place of chaos? It was God. I'll be honest. I'm thankful this is happening. I'm not thankful that sickness is spreading. I'm not thankful that people are hurt. Not at all. But I am thankful that God will move us out of a church building to where we can be in the middle of where people are hurting. I'm thankful that God will disrupt our traditions so that we can get refocused on our purpose. We have prayed for this. Could this be what God was preparing us for? I want to be a Paul, and I want to be a Silas. I want to look back on this and praise God for him messing up my plans. I want to praise God for what he's doing that I would never choose to do for myself. Because God makes no mistakes. God is always good, God is always with us, and God is always in control. 